0: It's a very large group, for us at least. It's a powerful energy field already. Can any of you feel the energy, vibration? We're already building up a very nice field for transformation and realization. Teaching this weekend will be a very difficult technical task because Some of you are only here for the weekend, and among those, some are beginners, some are more advanced uh, in experience with meditation. Some have come from different traditions of backgrounds. Some of you are here for ten days, and there's more time to develop theory. Some are here for a month, some are here for several months, or many months, maybe indefinite, and some live here permanently and uh, have been here for many years and so I want everyone to get some benefit of learning something new without leaving anyone behind. So we'll try to find some way of transmitting what is necessary at an energetic level as well as a conceptual one so that everyone reaches the goal that you may have, or that may that the supreme intelligence may have for you to be reached and broken through this uh, weekend. Those of you who are here only for the weekend, um, especially, Please do not feel at all hesitant to ask questions when the floor is open. Don't be shy. Make sure you get all your questions answered before you leave. You don't lose your mind entirely in this game. Okay, I wrote a lot so I don't have to get up and down a lot of times. Uh, We are calling this weekend a quantum plation weekend. That's not really a gimmick, although it might seem like one. Uh, Contemplation is the traditional word for that ultimate state of meditation at least in the Western Christian tradition, uh, that state in which one goes beyond simply meditating on God or on the supreme reality or uh, the the ultimate truth uh, in a dualistic subject-object manner. It is being absorbed into the object of meditation, and the object of meditation being nothing less than the the ultimate reality now in the East it's clear that the ultimate reality is not an other to begin with in the West they start out with the idea that God is wholly other and uh, and therefore one has to get to know this uh, this being the supreme being that is uh, so qualitatively different from what you think you are that there has to be some major effort uh, that goes beyond whatever you can imagine or conceive in order to be able to reach some kind of attunement or resonance with God. But in the East, that's not the case. In the East, the, the goal is to reach your authentic self, simply that. And uh, the beginning stage of meditation arises simply because uh, you have been in ignorance of that. And the result of being in ignorance of who you really are, meaning you're living in, in and with and through an inauthentic self, a false self, that was installed in you in childhood, which we tend to call the ego, because you have lived in a false self, that has not been properly attuned to reality as it truly is, uh, your uh, thoughts and your behavior have been inaccurate and that has led to suffering, right? This is karma. And so if we want to uh, be done with suffering and lead a life that is free of karma and not fall into the same traps that the ego would uh, tend to cause us to fall into again and again, uh, then we want to uh, exit from the false self and from all traces of identification with it and discover and abide in and as the real self and that real self is uh, none other than god or the buddha nature or the tao or uh emptiness or the plenum the fullness there you can choose any number of words and all the different traditions of east and west have have their own final term for ultimate reality, and it doesn't matter. They all refer to the same. So therefore we we are not um, adhering to any particular spiritual tradition. But because we are living in a postmodern age where many, if not most uh, or all of us have grown up with a secular education, the new religion for many years has been science. And therefore, uh, people trust uh, scientific data and theories much more than they trust uh, spiritual or religious dogmas, or creeds, or or theoretical models of reality. So, for that reason, uh, it is useful to at least indicate, to whatever extent is necessary to remove uh, resistances, uh, the fact that quantum physics which is like the, the the most avant-garde and 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 there are many levels and interpretations of quantum physics, but to take it at its uh, its its most current form is totally congruent with the old traditions of spirituality both East and West if we take the Western traditions at their esoteric level, mystical Christianity, Kabbalistic Judaism, uh, Sufism, and uh, and the Shiite uh, um, mystical traditions, rather than the external, exoteric uh, Sunday school versions of those religions. If we understand the teachings, uh, they are universal as uh, and they are congruent with those other kinds of. Um, approaches that were underground, and had to be underground during times of persecution, like alchemy and uh, Freemasonry and various other uh, forms and approaches to uh, spiritual transformation, that flourished and, uh, and, and became degraded, as have all the various religions. So for those of you who are, for, for whom it is important to know that what we are doing is scientifically valid, and I, I think for many people that is the case, uh, <clears throat> and that there is something to be learned from the, uh, the insights of uh, contemporary science and from the, um, let's say, those aspects of science that are not allowed to be made public, okay? I don't know how much people are aware of it, but we live in a time of not only massive overloads of information, but massive amounts of disinformation. And uh, that is particularly true when it comes to science. And most true when it comes to physics, because... uh, the realm of nuclear physics in particular is, as we all know, weaponizable, and anything that can be turned into weapons is gonna be classified information, and not made part of uh, the, the public education for people who are uh, wanting to study those subjects, even, even uh, to the PhD level. So understanding that also and, and the, um, the censoring of the development of sciences, of certain sciences, in particular, that relate to consciousness uh, because of the, the weaponizability of the use of consciousness for many different reasons, including mind control, et cetera, uh, remote viewing, remote control of apparatuses and, and various other uses of consciousness that uh, are not part of a spiritual tradition, but nonetheless are being developed, uh, not for the purpose of transcending the ego, but for, for purposes of uh, ego mastery over other egos, which is not something I advise, but it is happening, and it's creating a lot of karma of its own, as we know. Because of that, uh, also, there, There is a lot of information to be gained that is actually useful to yogis who want to develop their intelligence and their capacities for mastery over consciousness that uh, I think it's uh, important that we do make use of and that we not censor that information once we can glean it accurately in terms of what has been left out of the... Uh, let's say the publicly admissible paradigms of science that are not uh, complete and not accurate. And uh, to the extent that we can fill in those gaps and then apply them in a spiritual context to the transformation of our own consciousness, then it will serve to accelerate our own internal development and our capacity to create a Uh, an energy field that is sustainable and that can help in the restoration of planetary existence. So, it's with with that in mind that the understanding of, uh, of using the information of quantum physics which also includes uh, that of electromagnetism and understanding of complexity theory and chaos theory, nonlinear dynamics in general, and various other related disciplines, will, can help us to uh, increase our understanding at an ever more subtle level of what has to happen internally in order to uh, attain the highest level of realization and sustain it. So I want to be clear that for this weekend, one of the, uh, the, um, the balances that I will try to keep in an accurate way is that between theory and that, and practice. And this is always a very uh, difficult balancing act because the the theory, the more we have an accurate paradigm of what we are doing and why we're doing it and who we are, who are doing it, then the more successful our practice will be. But the practice is is what's important, not the theory, and you can get there without any of this uh, theory as well. But a Western-oriented intelligence that has been uh, brought up in that kind of a secular, scientific worldview may find it more easy to get beyond their own questions and resistances to uh, phobias, to the, the God word or its equivalents, and, uh, and be able to feel more comfortable in those uh, spaces that we may have to describe using terms like light and uh, shakti, energy, and, uh, and power, but but this is about power, uh, there's no way around that, we're talking about mastery over uh, the illusion that is the phenomenal plane, and so there, there is an ethical uh, constraint and component to that, but uh, this is something that we have to come to terms with, which is why there's a Dharma, and why there, there is a, uh, uh, an ethical superstructure that goes along with this development to uh, make sure that one is able to safely use the powers that may be granted through the meditative uh, process of uh, transcendence of the ego and not allow whatever traces of ego are left to appropriate for its purposes those energies because that would lead to more karma, more suffering and uh, and would uh, vitiate the gains that would otherwise be made from the process. And I don't expect people to be uh, all that familiar with the terms of quantum physics but uh, the uh, in the, the general use of that uh, construct I think will help us at certain points along the way but again f- because we only have this weekend as a, as a as an event I don't want to get bogged down in theory and, and not have time to do the practice so that's the first uh, the first note is that we're going to be combining these two. Secondly, uh, this is a wisdom school, and the wisdom school is organized according to the, uh, the let's say, the, the medieval and ancient Western ideas of the university, which were based on the concept of trivium and quadrivium. Trivium, the three ways, the three vias, uh, they're not trivial, as that word has come to be mean to mean but it is uh, the foundations of the more advanced knowledge and the first step of our Trivium is translation. Translation means we are going through a paradigm shift. Uh, We are shifting our frame of reference and it's very important to recognize that the world is information. You're always receiving information, you're receiving it now from me verbally, as well as there's energetic information in the field, but we're always getting massive amounts of information and processing it. Uh, Some of it is processed at a conscious level, most is processed at a subconscious, some at a superconscious level, but we are basically, entities who process information and turn it into energy and use the creative intelligence uh, based on the uh, the data of that information to uh, to produce outputs uh, of uh, of of creativity in our lives. So uh, the more that we can have an accurate frame of reference to put that information in the more that it becomes usable and uh, digestible, assimilable, and uh, appropriately available for, uh, for the use of uh, eliminating whatever unhappiness pervades our life. Right? Because that's one of the first things we want to achieve is we want a mind at peace. We want to feel happy about our lives. We want to have a sense of mastery over our minds, a, a feeling of willpower to accomplish our goals, and a sense that there are no internal obstacles or demons that are going to interfere If there are, they have to be slain, they have to be released. We're not talking about demons now in a a literal sense, but uh, let's say uh, thought forms that we contain in our subconscious that may sabotage our intentions. And because we are multiple layered beings with different levels of consciousness that are not always in communication with each other, we may have a certainty about our situation and our goal at one level and a very opposite model of what the ego wants to achieve at another level and if those are in conflict then we're gonna find a deadlock in our lives and a paralysis and perhaps that will turn into a symptom uh, in our bodies of some kind of sickness or a a mental uh, issue or an emotional one or combination of those or a karmic not a glitch in the matrix in which uh, something negative happens that may be a sign that we should pay attention to something etc right all of this information is uh, is rational nothing is random everything is important but you can over and you can uh, I- inaccurately interpret so, one of the goals of yoga is to know how do you interpret accurately your experience, particularly the synchronicities and, and the signs of things that were uh, unintended consequences of uh, courses of action, okay? So, uh, it's a very subtle science and that's why this wisdom school uh, requires a, a long period of, of learning because there's a huge amount to learn in terms of the explicate order of reality to use the term of David Bohm, a quantum physicist and I think let's start with Bohmian mechanics as one of the, uh, I think, important uh, paradigm shifts that uh, that we need to make if we are going to be able to understand how to navigate through reality in a more effective way than we have been in our lives so far. According to Bohm, we live in a phenomenal plane that we, uh, he calls the explicate order. Things happen in linear succession, in, in time, in space, and uh, there, there is a limited capacity of consciousness to understand Uh, cause and effect and uh, relationships of various uh, kinds, including the source of one's own thoughts, because uh, many of the um, events that occur in time and space do not occur as effects of causes prior in time but they occur as unfolding aspects of an implicate order, okay? He wrote a very important book called Wholeness and the Implicate Order. It's something I recommend. We're probably going to read it soon in our book group. But the the basic idea is that the implicate order uh, is that level of being and consciousness from which the consciousness of each of us derives because we are actually located in the implicate order and projected into the explicate order. We're not really here in time and space. That's the illusion, that's maya. We are actually in the implicate order which is beyond time and space in which all of time and space is now. There's one eternal now, but that now unfolds in a way that from the, uh, the dimension of space-time, it looks like things are happening in a succession that cannot be predicted, okay? But if you can uh, attune to the information present in the implicate order, you are then able to work uh, the explicate order with a lot more information than most people will have available to them. And, and you'll be able to uh, alter what might have been your destiny if you didn't have that information. But more important than that even, is the fact that when you recognize that your being is in the implicate order, not the explicate order, and you know that you are therefore not the bodily being you take yourself to be, but an intelligence that is being projected into that form that comes from and is part of the whole, an infinite whole that contains the whole universe within its uh, its embrace, you could say, it encompasses and pervades and determines, ordains the events that will unfold in the explicate order, then there is a capacity to uh, to make use of that information for the benevolent purpose of bringing out uh, the most ideal solutions to problems that seem to exist in the explicate order through downloading information that will help to resolve problems that cannot be resolved at the level of information available within the explicate order alone, right? So the more we can download, the more inspiration we can receive, the more information from that higher source we can uh, uh, transmit, attune to, and uh, make use of, then that wisdom, uh, is able to be put to the use of, uh, of healing and of, uh, of positive transformation in the direction in which the Implicate Order's goal for this uh, uh, cosmos uh, intends. And to do it with, with uh, the most effectiveness and with the least resistance and uh, the most wisdom and love and uh, a sense of wholeness, of being one with the whole, not simply a, an entity who is struggling, competing with and uh, at the mercy of other entities within the space-time matrix. Okay? So that paradigm shift that quantum physics affirms, at least many uh, physicists will accept that reality, uh, that, that Bohm has theorized uh, is, I think, a step toward understanding an even more radical uh, paradigm of non-duality that has been taught by the uh, the yogic tradition or traditions because it's, it pervades both the Vedic and the, the Buddhist and the Taoist Eastern traditions. But... Uh, that in which they, the implicate order and the explicate order are not actually separated at all, and uh, in which that uh, information is much more easily accessible than, than Bohm or, or the physicists would uh, assume. Okay, so that translation, that's, that's uh, one of the first steps. And if you can get past the idea that you are a bodily being going through space-time, and if you can grasp that you are actually the supreme intelligence that is choreographing all of this, and live from that level of consciousness, you, you will have no more suffering. And not only that, but there will be astonishment and delight and bliss and... And uh, enjoy it every moment. And the closer you are to that attunement, the the more joy, the more beauty you will discover in life, and the less fear, and the less desire, and the less uh, limitations, because you will know that you are a being who does not die, and whose life is not dependent on the life of a bodily organism. And once the fear of death is gone and the the belief that you are just that limited being who has to have certain things and uh, who has to fulfill the desires of others in order to get affirmed and validated and all of those aspects of egoic life that make us dependent, fragile, unhappy beings, then the more we live with nobility and empowerment and uh, uh, sovereignty. Over our existence, rather than being enslaved to drives and impulses and uh, demands of others and uh, feelings that of negative uh, affect that that can plague our our day and make us uh, feel unworthy and uh, and feel whatever. Uh, negative images were uh, sedimented into our um, subconscious minds, whether in infancy in this life or in the prenatal period, because consciousness is is already present within the womb of the mother, or in past lifetimes, they start to filter up and, and they can contaminate your present. They become filters through which suddenly you're seeing the world and they distort your perception. and in particular, your perception about yourself, and create all kinds of uh, massive negative feelings and the consequences of them, which is uh, very often some, some bad karma in one's life. Okay, so this is the why there's a, a very important practical use of all of this, and why meditation, which shifts your... Uh, vibrational frequency so that you are able to resonate at the frequency level of the implicate order of the real transcendent self is so important it's the only way to get there you don't get there through a rocket ship you don't get there through some stargate portal you don't get there through some uh, magical incantation or uh, or any uh, of those types of uh, of means, and, uh, and this is the most direct way. And it doesn't require uh, swallowing any particular chemicals or any other kind of uh, temporary shift of consciousness, but a, a direct manual control of your capacity to attune your consciousness to a higher frequency. That's what you want to learn. What I want to impress upon you is you have that ability, even if you say, ah, but I don't know how, I've never done it. You have that ability and you have done it in the past. You may have forgotten, but you have that ability and it turns out that it's actually very easy to do it. There are resistances to doing it, but it's very easy. That's what we're gonna be practicing this weekend. So that's the translation. The transformation is doing that reattunement to a higher frequency and learning to uh, be comfortable in a, a level and a state of consciousness in which you realize you're not the ego, and you're not the body, and that you are now in an energy field that has a lot more energies available to be harnessed and to, to flow with and in and through, and a lot more information Uh, And and the ego, that level of consciousness, that operating system that got installed in childhood, doesn't like uh, more information. Its main job is to try to keep you from getting too much information because it has learned that too much information destabilizes you. But the yogi wants as much information as possible because knowledge is power. But that power is going to dissolve the ego. It's an acid, knowledge is an acid that kills the ego because the ego is a false self of a limited nature that was installed to, uh, to control you and socialize you, uh, adapt you to the family system, which was another larger operating system, and then the social system and whatever religious system you were emplaced into uh, and and enable you to uh, function at least function according to uh, into what the other wanted of you but now if you want freedom from that system which now controls you and you are enslaved to if it's still operating then you need to get enough information to realize and to gain the power to delete that program. Okay? If you want to do that. Uh, that'll be kind of the question. Do I want to do that or do I want to stay in the comfort zone of the ego? Because you may not want to, uh, to give all of that up because it will mean reorienting yourself toward a totally different reality than the one you believed was real that now you'll see is a very small box and you've outgrown it, but you know, now you're in a, a realm without limits. And that can be scary to people, which is why sometimes it's useful to have a, a community that's all doing the same thing to, uh, to feel like this is not total madness. And that uh, uh, there is a way to do this safely and with uh, a systematic and rigorous approach that doesn't uh, create more uh, sense of, uh, of lostness along the way. And then we will reach that final level of the trivium which is transcendence of the ego in which we can abide as the real self and remove and release all traces that remain of the ego so uh, it doesn't uh, disturb us and create intermittent uh, falls back into obsolete ways of thinking and acting that produce suffering. And, and that is uh, the purification of the soul, to use the religious terminology, that is a more gradual effort. You can have sudden enlightenment, which is the paradigm shift and the grokking of the truth that you're not the ego and the, the realization of the inner light, that can all come just like that. But then there is a gradual process of releasing the resistances, the the, uh, uh, functions of the ego that were there to keep you limited and to keep you misinformed uh, about the information that you weren't supposed to have, and uh, the fears and the traumas, the results of traumas that occurred to you in uh, childhood that uh, may still affect your self-image and your sense of worthiness to even uh, achieve this transcendence, right? So these are false ideas because you never were the ego. That's the illusion, that's the ignorance we have to come out of. It's not like you are an ego who's now trying to go to a higher pay grade. No, it's not that. You never were the ego, but you believed that you were because your consciousness was projected into a, uh, an immature, helpless, infantile human body and that, uh, that bodily organism required the, uh, the love and attention of others in order to survive and it acquiesced in accepting the belief systems that it received from outside and took them in as if they were true. Including their insanity and conflicted nature, because you would have probably received from different people in the family system different uh, attitudes, and as you grow, you would you would have a more uh, elaborated ego with various different subpersonalities and uh, capacities. That some were useful at work, some are useful uh, with the family, some are useful uh, uh, in sexual relationships, some are useful uh, in a situation of uh, of strangeness in an exotic place, and you will have these different repertoires of uh, information and of self-image that you have developed to use to deal with to cope with uh, situations of difficulty and adversity none of them are going to help you in this process which is about dropping all the masks all the uh, the programs and the attitudes and discovering who you are in the naked awareness beyond and behind all of that so that's where a kind of courageous attitude of the spiritual warrior is required if you're going to uh, allow yourself to get the vision, the full experience or imperience of who you are at that level that transcends the ego. I hope you'll all go for it and realize there's there there's nothing that can stop you but your own fear. Okay. I've talked enough. I want to go from theory to practice, but before I do, I want to open the floor. Does anybody have any questions on any of this, or comments, or reactions, or whatever you wish to share? How do you spell Bohm? Hmm? How do you spell Bohm? Bohm, B O H M. You want to put that on the board? David Bohm. This is also connected to the holographic paradigm. Why don't you write holographic? Uh, we we are, are going to, um, at some point during the weekend, also deal with, with that uh, concept from physics, because it's a very important one that answers many questions that neuroscience have not been able, has not been able to answer. Neuroscience has failed to solve what uh, David Chalmers, another philosopher who's tuned into this, what he calls the hard problem of consciousness. How does the brain uh, uh, generate consciousness? Well, the brain doesn't generate consciousness. The problem is solved because it's not not asked at the right level. Our consciousness doesn't uh, come from the brain. It may get transduced by the brain, but there's an entirely different way in which perception happens that cannot happen uh, in accord with the ideas that uh, neuroscience presents to us as if uh, we are receiving sensory information uh, through the various five senses, turns into nerve impulses, which move very slowly uh, and are somehow processed in the brain and turned into an image and, and turned into information, and then we react, we, we would be completely out of sync with reality. Things happen much too fast. It can't be explained uh, with the idea that the brain is making decisions in real time about what is being perceived. Moreover, what, um, what, what the, uh, the, the neuroscientific, paradigm cannot explain, is uh, that the velocity of time is a variable, it's not a constant. This is a very important point. Clock time is measurable and you can divide that uh, into seconds and minutes and hours, et cetera, on the basis of motion, the motion of the sun and, or the earth around the sun and its rotation, and et cetera, et cetera, but you're measuring motion, you're not actually measuring time. And so the understanding of what is time is another thing that uh, physics hasn't been able to explain, or any, or philosophy for that matter. The closest uh, any philosopher has gotten is that of Henri Bergson. You might write Bergson. We're going to study a little bit of his work. He developed the holographic theory in the 1890s, 50 years before the hologram was invented. So it was avant la lettre, as the French say, there was no term for holography, but he recognized that only a holographic uh, concept could explain uh, how how we exist, and uh, how we hear music, for example, as a melody. If every moment is a different sound, how do we put that together uh, into, uh, into a melody that makes sense? Or how do you remember what I said five minutes ago and connect it to what I'm saying now and actually make sense of it? I hope you're doing that. But uh, uh, in any case, that requires a capacity for a consciousness that extends through time, that, that is not uh, momentary and that is, is able to exist in a state of duration that, uh, that transcends uh, whatever information is being received at any given moment. And time cannot be chronological and linear. There, you cannot explain it that way because that would mean that the present is instantaneous. It would have no, uh, no thickness to it. And, uh, and therefore uh, there, there would be nothing, uh, no information to be able to get unless you could have a larger chunk available as a single whole that would transcend uh, the linear seeming movement of time. So there has to be this unmoving consciousness that is able to grok large chunks of time. Ultimately the implicate order can grasp all of time and all of space as a single whole, a single now. But the higher in our frequency we get, the more we are able to do that. So martial artists have always used this variability of the speed of time in order to be able to defeat their opponent. Because if I can slow down um, your movements, uh, if you're going to be trying to punch or kick, and I can make it appear to me in slow motion, Whereas I can uh, react and reply to those in real time and in fast motion, then I will be able to defeat the opponent. Because uh, even uh, no matter how fast it looks like they're going, uh, I can shift that in order to be able to move in between their... Uh, their uh, parries or their kicks or their punches or whatever and be able to to make an appropriate move that uses their energy uh, against themselves and I can do that, though, only to the extent that I can increase the speed of my own processing of time and include more of the past and the future as a single whole, so I know where their movement is going and, uh, and what the intentions are, and I can then make it appear in a way that I will be able to use. I think everyone has the experience that sometimes time seems to move very fast for you and sometimes very, very slow. And you say, wow, it's only been five minutes? I thought we'd been talking for an hour or something, right? You have that experience, or the reverse. But if you can actually harness that and be, become able to shift the, your uh, capacity to alter the velocity of time or its acceleration, you will be able to, um, to accomplish a lot more than you can if, if you are simply subject to uh, whatever uh, vibrational frequency causes the movement of time to appear for you uh, subjectively. So subjectivity is, uh, is a malleable uh, artifact of consciousness, it's not the entirety of consciousness. And it's very important that we understand that we can make use of its components and uh, shift the way that the phenomenal explicate order unfolds itself so that we are able to, um, to, to ride the crest of the wave, let's say, and, and not, uh, not fall and, uh, and, and be taken by surprise by events that we are not able to cope with. Okay.